are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. On a Tuesday show, we are welcoming Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions. You can, of course, listen in to Locked On Nittany Lions every single weekday over there if you're a Penn State fan. And, of course, stay up to date on everything there as you do here with the Big Ten. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day. Kevin, thanks for coming on on a Tuesday, as always, to talk with us. We've got a lot to get to here on the program, but big news a Big, big shift in the Big Ten, I guess, within a program. It's not really, uh, I guess, shaking up the entirety of a program yet. Scott Frost is staying at Nebraska for at least one more year. We know that. But he gets rid of four position coaches in today's, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, mix-up in Nebraska's at least approach to the future. What is the approach to the future now for the Cornhuskers? Is someone looking at it from the outside like we are? What do you think? this means for Nebraska football. This has to be the last opportunity for Scott Frost to get something right uh, and, and show signs of progress. I think in 2022, if Nebraska is fully committed and not going to go back on their word that Scott Frost is going to be back as the head coach for this program next year, then the only option is if you're going to change something up is to change your assistant coaching. So something is not working. Something is not working in getting Nebraska over the hurdles that they continue to try and uh, struggle to clear the last how many years now. And if you're not going to move on from the head coach, then you have to change up something else within the whole staff. So assistant coaches are generally going to be that uh, decision. And when you see so many assistant coaches that are no longer going to be a part of the program, that tells me that Nebraska is giving Scott Frost one more chance to really get this right. But if we're sitting here a year from now, and we're having the same conversation about Nebraska struggling to get to bowl eligibility, then it cannot look good for Scott Frost. So I want to believe that he's going to be able to find something right. I want to believe that he's going to be able to take some steps forward, but this has to be the big change that has to be made if that's going to be the case. But the Frost haters will say that we've been having this in a year from now conversation for a few years now, Kevin. This team has not made the improvements, wins and losses that we've wanted to see if you're a Nebraska fan. The losses, let's be fair, this season, Nebraska has been able to play really good teams close for a really long time. But this team is not going bowling again. And it's obviously a program in the heart of this Big Ten conference that has enough tradition around it to put that pressure on right away. I'm surprised to see Scott Frost be able to outlast as much losing as he has. Why do you feel like that's happened? He is a Nebraska guy, so maybe there's something to that. And uh, I think he was kind of the, the chosen hero to come back to Nebraska and restore Nebraska to some of their glory. I'm not saying, you know, height of the Tom Osborne era glory, but, you know, certainly playing for a Big Ten championship more often would certainly help. Uh, you know, Nebraska had a nice early splash in the Big Ten when they came over from the Big 12 and got to some Big Ten championship, but uh, hasn't panned out for them very well. What is it? Five straight losing seasons now, four of them under Scott Frost. So uh, this is a direction where you, you can't afford to stay stagnant and you can't afford to stand pat with uh, the way things are going so far. So if you're... As far as Scott Frost is concerned, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because he is so beloved within the Nebraska community. 
But I think at some point, Nebraska fans and Nebraska boosters, they're going to love seeing their team win more than having a head coach they didn't necessarily like. So I, I think at some point you can get you can get by with a certain amount of leniency. I think when you are a guy like Scott Frost who played for Nebraska, was a, a well-liked player at Nebraska, was one of those Tom Osborne prodigies or uh, you know students, whatever, that that buys you something at a program like Nebraska. But again, you know, this is four years now. It's going to be going into fifth uh, fifth year with Scott Frost. Eventually, at some point, you have to make a hard decision as much as you like somebody that you, know, you just have to admit things aren't just working out and it's time to change the direction of the program. We talk about Scott Frost getting another year here, but let's be realistic. Turning a program takes longer than that. And Nebraska is not one step away from being where Nebraska wants to be. How quickly could a Scott Frost satisfy a fan base that is very, very much still running a short leash with him, despite the fact that he has been able to outlast a whole lot of losing, as I mentioned. Yeah, I don't know how much ground he can make up at this point. You know, I think there are going to be some people that will still give Scott Frost the benefit of the doubt and maybe give him some time now that they're making some changes on the coaching staff. But the bottom line is he's going into his fifth year as a head coach. It's uh, beyond time to really see, you know, regardless of what your coaching staff has been made up of, you're going to have to make some signs of progress on the football field in the win column of uh, by year five for sure. And, I, I do tend to agree that it does take more than one year to turn things around, but Scott Frost has been trying to turn things around for four years now. So that's where it's a little bit different. So I, I don't tend to get too hard on a coach when he's in year one or even year two of a massive rebuild. Uh, I don't think Nebraska was really a massive rebuild. I just think it needs some retooling. And I think when you look around the rest of this conference and certainly within the division, you see other programs that are able to show some signs of life. I mean, there's a chance that Illinois could go to a bowl game this year. If Illinois goes to a bowl game this year with Brett Bielema in his first year as a head coach, I mean, you lose all arguments, I think, with trying to give Scott Frost turn uh, time to turn things around in Nebraska. I don't know if Illinois will get to a bowl game. It might be a little extreme, but I think just the fact that that has a possibility, and I think it's a realistic possibility, I, I think that that would certainly shine a little bit brighter light on the job that Scott Frost is doing in Nebraska. And it's not a possibility for Nebraska anymore. That's what it comes down to. That's that bottom line we talk about is that at the end of the day, it's going to have to result in wins. And that's really the thing with the Cornhuskers in a Big Ten program that you know has a lot of history. It has the backing of this conference that's really powerful now behind it too. You know, there's talent to be had there. You know, there's good teams to be made out of that program. And seeing Scott Frost not being able to do it again, Nebraska guy has had success before at smaller schools. It's just puzzling and it seems like it should work. But again, the big message coming out of Nebraska today was that the school still does believe in the Cornhuskers and what they've been able to do, especially this year, citing a lot of those close losses that the Cornhuskers have had in this season in particular. I guess the question is, you talk about it not being a total rebuild yet. How close is this team from being at least respectable in the Big Ten to a degree that it, it isn't right now. I mean, right now, it, it's been right now. I, I don't know. What, I don't know. I guess you could ask you, too, what do you think Nebraska is right now? Because that's another big question. But it's been a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team for a little while now and has struggled to even get into the upper tier of that 
kind of squad of middle of the pack teams too. I think you just said it. I think Nebraska is a middle of the tier team in the big 10 and just even in the big 10 West, they're probably lower tier right now, the way things have been going uh, just looking at the standings right now, you can see where they stand uh, amongst their peers. But I do think I want to give some credit for Nebraska for the season that they've been having. I don't think this is as bad of a team as the record indicates, because I do think they've had some really close games. They've been really close against Oklahoma, gave Ohio state a run, uh, Michigan state. Um, what was the other game that really came to mind? Michigan, regardless, but Michigan, Michigan, Michigan state. yes, thank you. Uh, they've been close. And I think that there is something to be said about the way that they've played in those games. And it does, it does show that they're, a play or two plays away from flipping some of those games in their favor uh, in, in a number of cases. So I think that that gives you a little bit of benefit of the doubt. And maybe that makes things a little bit easier. Maybe that is a sign of some progress because, you know, a year, two years ago, are they that close to winning as many of those games as they were in position and playing? I don't think so. So maybe that is the, the sign of progress. Again, Eventually, though, you have to turn some of those games into wins if you're going to kind of ease some of the pressure that's around you. And that's why Nebraska is in a position where they are, where they're having to make uh, some changes with the coaching staff. Exactly. We'll see what those changes end up amounting to. That's conversation for another day is, is if the answer to doing something that, again, Nebraska claims they, they believe in is to absolutely gut it and put new staff all around the head coach. But again, that's a conversation for another day and maybe someone else too. I don't know. But Kevin, we'll talk in a minute about Michigan State football here. This team lost last weekend to Purdue. I mean, Penn State has been a victim to the bad loss to Illinois as well that we just saw Minnesota fall to two. A question we've been asking people or something I'm starting to do, try to do with co-hosts is try to ask kind of one question throughout this week. Uh, the same question throughout the week to everybody that we get. So I asked Jay this yesterday. I'm going to ask you here today. We've had teams like Purdue and Illinois come in and really shake things up in the Big Ten a few different times. Do you feel like you'd rather be where we are right now, where we have a, a few teams still fighting for things, but also those teams who have had seasons spoiled and kind of ruining some rankings for the Big Ten? Or would you rather be in the spot where we were? I mean, uh, not just from a Penn State standpoint, where we still had those undefeated teams going into this last home stretch. Where are you at with what you would personally rather deal with? Cause Jay was like, I'd rather have the upsets that we've had so far and deal with the exciting football. I've always been on team chaos. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. So I'm kind of enjoying what's going on right now. And maybe it helps because I know that Penn state doesn't have a chance to win the big 10 championship right now. So maybe <laughs> I just want to see everybody else get uh, spoiled along the way too. But I, I do think it is, it is wildly entertaining, I think, from a fan perspective to see what is going on, not just around the Big Ten, but really around college football. We've talked about this before. It's been a crazy year. Sometimes you just don't necessarily know where the upsets are going to be coming. Uh, so I think with where we are right now, what, three games left in the in the regular season, the Big Ten, a wide open Big Ten West division, still a little bit of a, a Big Ten East race between three teams as well. Uh, I I. I want to see who's going to be the agent of chaos in each of those divisions. And I want to see something get upset. I want to see something funny. I want to see something funky. I want to see something I haven't seen before. Uh, so, you know, if that means Purdue's going to do it again this weekend against Ohio state, I'm all for it. I think it'd be really fun to see. I don't count on seeing it, but uh, at this point in the season, I know my team's out of it. So I want pure chaos as many ways as possible. 
Well, it seems like every weekend has provided some sort of surprise here in the Big Ten in 2021. We'll see what this weekend has in store for us. But before we get to the weekend, we've got to see where the Big Ten stacks up in the eyes of the college football playoff committee later on today, including Michigan State. Now, when Iowa lost to Purdue for its first loss of the season, it took a big, big fall down the AP rankings. How far will Michigan State fall? We asked Jay Stevens that yesterday. We'll talk more about it with Kevin McGuire here on Locked On Big Ten. You're listening into the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks has daily fantasy sports, but I know what you're thinking. Daily fantasy sports has been around for a while. These guys do it a little bit different, give you more opportunities, though, than all those other sites. At Prize Picks, you can not only use your daily fantasy sports and play the way you always have, you can also play with college players, Power Five, Group of Five, all of them, in ways that other sites just don't offer. They've got a greater selection of college athletes to play with than any other site out there so head on over to prizepicks.com right now or download the prize picks app in the app store check out the product and of course if you ever sign up use the promo code locked on they'll give you a 100 match on your first deposit up to 100 dollars that's prize picks and our promo code locked on helping us get you the show today Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Here on a Tuesday show, we've got our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions in with us. Once you're done here, be sure to make Locked On Nittany Lions your second listen of the day. And as always, subscribe wherever you're listening into your podcast now if you don't haven't already. The college football playoff rankings edition 2.0 comes out tonight. And we've got some big shakeups coming in part mainly in part because of a big loss in the big 10 last weekend michigan state falls to purdue now i mentioned before we got into the end of our first segment here kevin when iowa lost to purdue it went down i think it was all the way down to like number 15 20 was it all the way down to 20 maybe it got and in, in that ap poll after its first loss but purdue was a, a differently thought of team at that time Michigan State, a differently thought of team now, too. It already has more big wins on its resume than Iowa did back then. But where are you at with where Michigan State ends up when the polls come out tonight in the eyes of this committee? Well, we do know that the selection committee evaluates things a lot differently than what we see in the AP poll and the coaches poll. That was right. very evident with their, their first rankings last week. And that's really generally been the case over the years of the college football playoff, especially when those first rankings come out. So there's going to be something a little bit different, but I do think as far as Michigan state's concerned, I think they're going to be in the same kind of boat that they are in the AP poll and the coaches poll. I still think they're top 10 material. I just think they're going to be far lower in the top 10. I think Ohio state will certainly benefit from that. I'll be very curious to see what the selection committee does with Michigan state versus Michigan. I tend to believe that they will have the Spartans ranked ahead of Michigan, just based on that head to head results. Uh, because I do think there are certain cases where the committee will value head to head competition a little bit more than some of the voters do in the traditional polls, uh, especially early on in the playoff ranking. So I think Michigan State's probably in a good situation maybe to fall to eight or nine. Uh, that I think that that's probably possible. And I think the fact that maybe Purdue's going to be getting a little bit more respect from the selection committee will probably benefit them as well because now Purdue's got wins against Iowa and Michigan State. I think they're going to take them a little bit more seriously. I'm not saying that they'll put Purdue in the top 25 or anything, but I don't think they're going to view Purdue as a horrible loss. 
especially where Purdue is now in the division standing. So I, I think Michigan State will be okay. And it still keeps them in the conversation for the playoff, too. Let's not just completely ignore that fact. There's still games against Ohio State to play and Penn State at the end of the season. And, of course, they got to play this weekend, too. But uh, So Michigan State's got their chances. There's no question about uh, Maryland this weekend, by the way. Uh, so Michigan State's still entirely in the playoff conversation. They're just going to have a little ground to make up, but they've got a schedule that will allow them to do that. I mean, Purdue's back in the mix of things, too, with Minnesota's loss to Illinois. It's yep. definitely right back in the thick of things to try and win the Big Ten as well. That's a definite benefit if you're just a pure fan of Big Ten football. The fight for this conference is going to be pretty intense on both sides. Once again, after it looked like for a couple of weeks there, like, things might start start to separate to a couple of contenders. But anywho, I want to touch on something that you, you really just quickly dashed over there in your response before there, Kevin. And that's what you said about something we've talked about before, how the head-to-head matters to this committee, especially early on. I don't know if we got to ask you about this last week or not, or if it was someone else. I mean, I guess it would have been after the rankings came out, we talked about it. So it wouldn't have been with you. And you weren't here last week either. Gosh, no, I was off I, last I forget. Week. Yeah, we forget about it. We forget about everything anyway. Uh, but anywho, what do you think that head-to-head ranking, head-to-head uh, result means at the end of the season? And how long does it, uh, I guess, matter? Because I think everyone agrees that if Ohio State wins out, it's not going to matter that Oregon beat them at the end of the season, if that's what it comes down to. What does this Michigan State head-to-head with Michigan mean? Does that mean more? I mean, at the end of the day, a Big Ten championship, I think, still means more than any of it. But, like, where is the – I'm trying to wrap my head around. What does a head-to-head win mean to this committee at the end of the season? Because, honestly, it's nice right now, but nobody really, really cares about what it means in the first college football playoff rankings. Right. I agree. Uh, If Ohio State runs the table, obviously they're going to be in the playoff as Big Ten champions. So we already know how those head-to-head matchups will go against Michigan State and and Michigan. But as far as Michigan State and Michigan are concerned, I mean, if those are two teams that the committee is evaluating for a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl game, they're probably going to give the preference to Michigan State if it comes down to those two with identical records and relatively comparable resumes I would imagine they would probably have in that situation so I think a head-to-head result would matter a little bit more to the committee because I don't think there's going to be that much else that's going to separate those two programs at the end of the season given where they could potentially be so I I think a head-to-head matchup between Michigan State and Michigan carries a lot of weight uh, especially as far as that New Year's Six outlook is concerned. Yeah, I mean, in the conference, it's a little bit easier, of course, because if these two teams are going to be comparable, it's because both of them didn't win the Big Ten championship or didn't play for the Big Ten championship. So being able to separate those two is a little bit different than trying to separate, say, the uh, Pac-12 champion Oregon against the Pac-12 or a Big Ten champion uh, Ohio State, if it comes down to it. So that conversation's a little bit different. I just it's hard for me to still kind of wrap my head around. Everyone kind of agrees that like that head-to-head battle is not going to matter against Oregon at the end of the season. I'm just trying to figure out what exactly does it mean? What exactly is it good for if it doesn't matter at the end of the year? But anyway, we'll we'll get off my soapbox there for a second. Kevin, as you look around here, the rest of this conference and how things are going to shape up, I agree with you and Jay agreed with you yesterday. Michigan State, I think, still a top 10 team. It's not like the committee is going to really, really drop a team that was in its top or four at the start, way, way down that much. I didn't think no matter who it lost to, honestly. 
but are all three of these teams still in this as far as being able to make the college football playoff at the end of the year if they win the Big Ten? Do they control their own destinies still? I'm not going to say they control their own destiny because you've got an undefeated Georgia. You've got that Cincinnati team that's still floating out there. Although I think the committee's not really respecting them. So I think big 10 champion, if they have one loss has a very good chance to pass Cincinnati, even if Cincinnati makes the playoff, I think the big 10 champion with one loss will be in a pretty good spot, but I hesitate to say control your own destiny at this point. I do say they've got a very strong case to be made. If it's Ohio state, Michigan or Michigan State ending the year as the Big Ten champion with just the one loss, they got an excellent playoff case to be made. Um, you know, Ohio State would be very likely to be in there. They're already kind of in that category, but they would all, whoever it is that comes out of it, is going to have a win against those two other teams, Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State. Uh, those are going to be two very good quality wins if you get a chance to get that. Um, you know, Ohio State has been on a tear. I know they got a little uh, bit of a scare against Nebraska, but Ohio State has been playing very good football uh, lately. Michigan, I think, is in a really good position. We'll see if they can get out of Penn State with a win this weekend. I think that would really help their case as well. And I think Michigan State is uh, proven that they're not going to go away. So if there's any one of those three teams comes out of this thing with the Big Ten title and just the one lost their name, they've got an excellent case to be in the college football playoff because, as we know, Georgia or Alabama is going to lose again or, or lose, I should say. And if Georgia hits Alabama in the SEC championship, you can knock Alabama out of the picture. Uh, so you really just got to worry about Oklahoma, I guess, in the Big 12, the Cincinnati situation that is uh, on the radar. And, you know, even if Oregon comes out of that Pac-12, and even if it's Ohio State, if it comes down to Oregon and Ohio State, that worries me a little bit, I think, for Ohio State, just because of the, the head-to-head competition that we just talked about. But I think the overall quality of wins that Ohio State is going to have to counterbalance that will really help out their case, especially if Ohio State goes on tear these last couple of weeks. I, I think that will really look impressive to the committee and would not surprise me if the committee put in Ohio State ahead of Oregon. And then again, Oregon has to avoid a loss too. So I, I'm not so sure that that's a given either. So I think a Big Ten champion at this point, if it comes out of the East with the one loss, I think is in a very good spot for the playoff. The West, I, I'm not entirely sold on <laughs> because I think there's way too many things that are going to have to happen uh, for a two-loss team to get in there, uh, let alone three. But I, I think uh, the Big Ten East teams that are right now in the top 10 are, are in a very good spot as long as they can take care of their business. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar has been around the program for a while now. It's the protein bar with everything you need as far as nutrition goes. They've got, obviously, the protein, at least 15 grams at every bar, but low carbs, low sugar, low fat, and giving you that great flavor and 100% chocolate in every bar, too. It really is a miracle worker what they're doing over at Built.com. So head on over to the website and check out their new flavors. During this month, they're giving out a new flavor every three to four days. Limited edition flavors coming in for you to try out. So head on over to Built.com right now. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. And when you try it out, I promise you're going to enjoy the flavors you choose because there's going to be as you look at the huge list just a few that stick out to you as oh wait that sounds like it could be really good go try it out right now built bar 
is the place to go for your protein. It's built.com and our promo code locked 15 for 15% off at the site. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say, at least. They're, if they can take care of their business, they're going to be that Big Ten champion. I mean, the way I'm thinking about it, Ohio State's going to be number four today at the end of the day on Tuesday, unless the committee decides that it completely thinks differently than it did a week ago about the way things are working in college football. So Ohio State's going to be number four. That resume right now and going into the college football playoff is one lost Big Ten champion. All the, the other two teams we're talking about if they end up getting out of it is going to have that same resume, presumably. So if you're asking me, it's more than just an excellent chance. I think it is just those three teams are saying to their squads right now, Hey, if we win out, we are going to be holding up the trophy at the end of the season, national championship, all of it. I mean, it's now all three of them with a loss, but I do think that all three of them still as a result of just, how they lost and the way it went down are still going to be there at the end if it ends up working out that way. I mean, it, it, right now you're saying, okay, it's Ohio State who has that. But when it gets to where we're at the end, whoever wins is going to have that resume that we're talking about the Buckeyes having right now. I just don't, I, I think it's more than just an excellent chance that it happens. I feel like it's, I, I, I don't know. I guess the question is, do you really think Cincinnati has, a chance to sway the minds of that committee or Oklahoma? Well, I was going to go back to that Cincinnati thing because I think it was very telling last week when we saw the first rankings come out. This committee right, exactly. does not like Cincinnati. So That's I think why that we have the conversation news. now. It, exactly. And I think Cincinnati is worthy of a playoff spot if they end the season undefeated. I would have no problem seeing Cincinnati getting in. Oh, yeah. Even if I'm not talking about what you think. Team. Right. But I'm saying what, we're, what we saw from the committee – uh, as highly as they rank them, they don't generally rank a group of five team that highly in those first rankings. But even then, uh, they got totally disrespected, uh, Cincinnati did, by this selection committee. So I think that that's a very good sign for a one-loss Big Ten champion because Ohio State's already in front of them, right? Uh, you know, Michigan State or Michigan, if they go on a roll and win out, there's no question in my mind that they would jump ahead of Cincinnati as far as the selection committee is concerned. So. Uh, that's why I think the Cincinnati thing is going to be so fascinating to watch. Now, if Cincinnati happens to lose a game, we don't have to talk about them anymore. But if Cincinnati keeps winning games, they're going to be in the conversation and they're going to be something to watch. But given the, the remaining schedules for Ohio State, Michigan and Michigan State, throwing a Big Ten championship game uh, against a potentially ranked team. I don't think there's any way that a one loss Big Ten champion would be behind Cincinnati. They, they could both make the playoff, but I don't think they would be behind Cincinnati. Right, exactly. We agree there. I don't think there's any way. I mean, I mean that week, last week, I said it on the show last week. I mean, that, that those rankings set up Cincinnati not only to just not go up from where they started out at number six, whatever it was, yeah. But also, I mean, they, they those rankings set up for the undefeated Oklahoma team to pass them. It sets up for what was an undefeated Wake Forest team at the time to pass them. Right. I feel like if you're a Cincinnati fan, player, anyone in that program, you're looking at those first rankings last week and thinking like, oh, they they don't want us in. We can win out and they're going to find teams to put in in front of us. And I can't blame them. But again, that, that that's a conversation for another day and probably another show. This is Locked On Big Ten. Kevin McGuire is with us here every Tuesday to talk about what goes on in the conference over the weekend. Kevin, your Nittany Lions we never talked about. Got a pretty good win over the weekend. How are you feeling? 
they did. Uh, it was much needed. It was uh, long overdue. <laughs> so I, I think it was a pretty good Jahad Dotson, man. Monster oh, yeah. performance. Uh, you know, really good weekend for Big Ten wide receivers <laughs> all, all around the conference. Uh, Jahad Dotson turning in a school record for most single game receiving yardage in Penn State history. Jair Brown has been a stud all season long. We haven't talked enough about him because Jaquan Brisker uh, gets the spotlight on that Penn State defense, but Jair Brown with a, a pick six towards the end of the game to seal it for uh, Penn State against Maryland. He's had a really good season. They both get Big Ten honors uh, this week as players of the week or, or co-op players of the week, so uh, that was good to see, but a big game this weekend at home against Michigan, so it's going to be pretty fun to see and uh, very interesting to see how this one plays out because uh, the line is very telling. I think to me, as far as I'm concerned. So very curious to see how that one goes. It'll be a good one for sure for Penn State. There's a lot of good matchups throughout this weekend in the Big Ten. It, it was supposed to be a little bit of a lazier weekend last week until Michigan State decided to mix things up by losing to Purdue. But this weekend, we've got some of those big marquee matchups that we've talked about. Everything has been leading up to going into the end of the season. So that'll be fun to get into as we get into things later on in the week. Thanks again, Kevin, for joining us. Before we let you go, remind us everything that you are up to and how we can get a hold of it. Obviously, check out Locked on Nittany Lions wherever you get your audio podcasts. And of course, we are also on YouTube as well. So uh, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, search for Locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, give it the videos, thumbs up, leave comments down below, all that good stuff that really helps out with the YouTube algorithm, so I'm told. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Kevin McGuire, again, of Locked on Nittany Lions with us every Tuesday and on the podcast Locked on Nittany Lions every single weekday. Subscribe to both of them wherever you're listening to your podcasts right now. I'll be back in to wrap things up in just a minute. For Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions, I'm Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.